Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are tuning into today's episode of the Event Industry News podcast. I'm Adam Parry, editor at Event Industry News and your host today. Joining me on today's podcast is Chris Newlands. Now, Chris is the CEO and founder of a platform called Spellfe, um, which is a new and unique engagement and marketing platform for events and experiences. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Adam. Very, very kind of you to have me along today. I appreciate it. No, I, I, we've been meaning to get you on for a long, long time. I know we've been engaging and discussing this topic that we're, we're here today to chat about for, for quite a while. And I think it's something that the, the industry in, in a wide sense is looking at, especially around technology now. How can technology help our industry engage with our consumers, with our attendees, with our audience? But before we get onto that, could you tell us a little bit about how you ended up kind of coming into Spellfee and into the events industry? What's, what's the background story? It's a long story, actually, uh, but I'll, I'll try and truncate it. Uh, I, I was approached a number of years ago about uh, the ability to use space technology um, um, uh, for a business concept, any business concept. And if you could find a use case for that, then um, there, were, there were grants and things available potentially at that time. Long story short, um, we um, I was in the shower, quite literally in the shower, and I was thinking some great ideas about how I could use this space technology. Um, and um, I I was thinking about some great ideas came up and, and we'll go back to that at a later stage i'm sure but fundamentally what we looked at uh, what i looked at is with any great idea the problem is you have to market that idea to millions of people potentially at a cost um, which would run into the millions or tens of millions potentially too uh, so the cost of marketing a great idea is, is prohibitive to be honest so I thought, well, how, how do I get the message out there to as many people as I can? And actually to young people too, because fundamentally you can tell by the face, I'm not particularly young necessarily. Uh, and I take photographs like that as opposed to taking selfies necessarily too. Uh, so long story short, uh, I thought selfies, I thought youngsters, what do they do? They go to music festivals, they like experiences over products and and and, and brands to some degree. Uh, they take selfies, as I said, and, and, and uh, as well. So I thought so what could i do in terms of space i thought well space selfies space selfies space selfies is that a thing has it ever been done before i literally got dried went downstairs searched for it nothing like it in the world okay. i went whoa that, that that really is something special so for me it was about being able to relate to young people and not spend the money in marketing and then we turned it from an idea novelty and into a business what was the process then like of turning that idea in, into a relative i mean for me to get hold of a satellite just seems like one of those or, or to do something from space seems like a multi-billion pound project i mean we've we've seen it all now with spacex <laughs> and nasa we all know the stories you know th these are these are really expensive things so how how are you managing to bring that on a really cost-effective basis to, to to brands and organizers that that kind of want to engage in this way well, long story short, again, I went to meet with a couple of satellite organizations, one of them being Airbus, and they're a fantastic organization. They're very innovative in their thinking. They do think outside the box and various divisions. And one of the divisions is Airbus Space and Defense. 
so I approached them um, and before we could obviously share the concept uh, with them, I asked them to sign an NDA uh, mm -hmm. uh, for obvious uh, reasons, which they were happy to do so. Um, so they loved the concept of, because uh, uh, they're more B2B, they're more about mapping and defense and uh, various other elements, obviously, as well. And this idea of being more B2C um, it was, was mm -hmm. an interesting concept for them too. And at that time, they were developing the A380 experience at that time as well. And that was that was uh, coming to pass too, an ability to see where A380s were flying, double-decker aircraft at the time as well. So we're thinking more B2C. So long story short, um, uh, I um, um, developed this, this the, the idea, it, it developed over time. And I thought, well, it's one thing to take a selfie, but it can't just be for your family barbecue. Mm. It needs to be something that's going to add value and, and add something experiential for the user. And actually, if big brands are going to pay for this, because there's an element of cost involved, what's the benefit in it for them? So we started to develop the concept. And to be honest, it was quite difficult because if something's not been done before how do, where do you threaten the market yeah um and, and it, it's basically taken some time to develop this and actually although covid has been devastating for the, the, the events industry it does give you time and has given us time to reflect back on our messaging uh, and where we sit in the marketplace and we, we the ability to capture live events from space and all the attendees at those events with their permission of course uh, and identify them using satellite imagery and give them something to share um, has value in the sense that it's experiential for them and also allows the brands go to go directly to the consumer they're interested in Awesome. I mean, Airbus is a is a household name, isn't it? So yes. it shows that you've got that that really huge experience and technology and, and industry and engineering and everything behind your technology, essentially. So that, that yeah. sounds like a, an, an amazing partnership. I think most people, I mean, I personally would, would like have thought, I'll never get through the doors at Airbus. I'll, 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 you know, they'll shut the door on me and go, go away. We're dealing with real stuff kind of thing, not, <laughs> not, not marketing and events. But testament to you for, for for really reaching up to the up to the top because you know there are a couple of other companies up there with airbus but you know i would have never thought you'd got through the door mate so 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 fair play to you to be able to bring that that opportunity into or, or down to i should say to to brands event organizers people that create experiences festival organizers because without you in the middle probably never happen really you know I, th I think it probably would eventually have happened uh, Adam but I think like everything else everything seems obvious when you've thought about it if that makes mm. sense and when you're presented with a concept you think well that it's so obvious in some ways the ability to actually and, and we were called recently Google Earth Live so in inverted commas which okay. I think is a great way of explaining this because actually Google Earth captures images uh, and they're a mashup of uh, space images aircraft images and obviously street view if you like as well um, but because of the complicated machinations of pulling all that together they're very often like three five seven years out of date whereas we're going to take a picture on the same day capture the magical elements of the actual event itself make it really experiential but i mean branded um, um, brands can be seen from space if they're the right size and scale and shape um, and messaging can be captured from space as well and i think that's what caught the imagination of the bbc to be honest I, 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 I totally agree with that. I know you can remember the stories, can't you? Of people trying to position themselves as the kind of the Google cars and cameras yes. went around so they could get that little piece of history of like, I'm on this street or this landmark yeah. or something like that. And, and they still exist. Don't they? I think there's even like a website that you can go to where people are 
uh, are captured in really funny situations or funny things and you can kind of check that out so yeah I, I can totally see why people would want to be captured in that way go i mean being compared to google that's 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 a really good start mate that's 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 a really good thing well it's, it's the same technology because uh, i mean google will rely on uh, there's another company called maxar which we're talking to as well just now so maxar and and and, and airbus are, are uh, they, they supply defense quality satellite imagery mm -hmm. which is what google uses yeah so so the, the, there is a relationship there in the sense that uh, obviously they're using um, the same technology just that we're using it the same day right? as opposed yeah. to something that's obviously uh, um, uh, historic or arch archived as such so um so yeah so that it just it just brings it alive and i think there's there's a there's a glamour about space mm. that you, you very often see people with a almost as the virtual uh, helmet comes down just as you speak to them because they can imagine the ability of actually um capturing that experience from space well let's be honest about it we've as as a whole civilization we have been looking to the stars since mm. the, the the dawn of man yeah. you know and, and i even say to my wife sometimes you know i feel like i was born a little too early you know I, i'm i'm one of those a, a geek i watch star trek and stargate and, and all of these other things yeah. because yeah. the exploration exactly yeah, yeah. Long, live long and prosper you know yeah. there, there's a whole world out there but for many people they don't get the opportunity to interact with that environment do yeah. they so yeah. so having their photograph taken from space that's that's like that's like the whole like I've bought a little bit of land in Scotland and now I can be called a lord kind of it you know <laughs> isn't it? it's like as a as a as a as yeah. a fellow as a Scotsman yourself you'll know you'll know how how that story goes but I guess what I'd really like to explore then is talk to me about the experience from an attendee perspective like what's the process of I'm going to a festival or I'm going to a product launch with one of my brands, let's say it's Ford or the BBC you yeah. mentioned earlier, they, they're doing this activation. How, how do I get involved in that as, as an attendee then? Activation is key because I, I mean, Spellfate is an app, um, mm -hmm. and, and it's um, it's event agnostic, which is one is a benefit um, in the sense that um, obviously you can take it from event to event type. So fundamentally, you might have one sponsor that actually has mm -hmm. several types of different events, which actually there will be some element of continuity. I think also from the the attendees' perspective, they, it's almost like capturing a, a, a library of selfies or spellfies, if you like, in one place. So definitely experience potentially too and the reason why we, we there's an element we can be linked to existing apps for example within events uh, but they can't have control because there's an element of control within our app our app is actually it is proprietary and and that's why we have the patent that's pending across the globe just now which should be granted within the next five months so <laughs> fundamentally it's got something uh, different attached to it so the user would just get a qr code on their ticket they'd be messaging on screens there'd be the social engagement and it can happen weeks months and even even years in advance because we, we can tell you exactly when a satellite will be overhead at a given time years in advance almost like a, a super bus timetable if you like yeah wow. so so that that means you can be very accurate uh, and you can work out angles and you can work out uh, a number of other aspects as well so from the user's perspective it's really simple they download the app they get push notified before the event there's a countdown to when uh, the actual event's going to happen there's an element of communication that the brand or the event can actually communicate through push notifications to the uh, the actual attendee before they get there when they're there and possibly even after it too um, and that allows for engagement so buy one uh, a beer, get one free. Get, uh, mm -hmm. and also there's an element of data capture there, retargeting. You can uh, obviously engage with the users thereafter too. So from the user's perspective, dead simple. Take a selfie 
using the app, we identify where you are using geolocation, using our app and the satellite picture. So those two work together so we can put a pin above your head. Now, critically, there's no such thing as space to face. It doesn't exist. And if it does exist, it's in a 007 movie somewhere and there's an enhance button in your, in your keyboard. Um, but there's privacy reasons why that isn't the case because people would abuse it. Let, let's be utterly clear yeah. uh, if that's the case. So there are, there's an international moratorium that suggests that there's a maximum uh, granularity that you can take from space and bearing in mind the satellites are 600 kilometers away so the value of having a satellite image on the left hand side and on the right hand side your selfie which you've taken which identifies you in the picture having a pin above your head so if you're at the front of the main stage or if you're in the north stand you'll have a pin directly above your head uh, with the brand uh, saying powered by the brand associated with the actual imagery as well. They then share that on social platforms because it's already aligned for social sharing. So all they do is take the picture, get the picture, share it, job done. Let me ask you a question then, because it sounds like you're well connected, Chris, and you know a lot about this. Do you think there is such a thing as fit space to face? Because it would it would suggest to me that there maybe are some, I don't know, large um, northern companies that may have access to that kind of technology to be able to help their their, their special forces and things like that do you think that exists do you think we'll ever see let me ask you this do you think we'll ever see that in our lifetime of us being able to access that level of granularity around space photography so the answer to the question i think is probably yes uh, mm -hmm. because technology will take over obviously and, and yep. become you know yourself there's the there's the various theories about technology doubling in its capacity every two years effectively yeah so what we have today will be very different in 10 years' time. And there's talk, I think, of Google and uh, Amazon actually looking at smaller constellations of satellites uh, that can bring Wi-Fi, but also offer, a, my understanding is, an, a, the ability to actually almost offer Google Earth Live, if you like. So you, so it's a bit big brotherish. I'm not entirely comfortable with it necessarily. Uh, and I don't think many people are. Um, so I, I foresee a, a maybe lower resolution because to give you an idea, some of the satellites that are up there, the fence quality ones, the, the gyros in these satellites are, are the same size as the, as the micro cube satellites they're sending up. So wow. they're, they're, they're much greater in terms of stability, the quality of the imagery. Uh, so I, I think if we're going to have constellations of satellites, we'll have to be a bit closer to Earth and the granularity won't be quite as good, but it could offer real time, I'll use the word tracking potentially, which is a bit, a bit big brotherish as I say, uh, but I foresee there'll be an ability for that to become more and more um, clearer as, as time progresses well the thing i've learned about and, and not to go off topic too much but the thing i've learned about privacy and security is it means different things to different people yeah like if we were to throw the technology that we have now and the tracking abilities that we have in things like cars and phones and stuff if we were to throw that at somebody 50 years ago they would freak out yeah wouldn't they because it, yeah. it's it's not normal and think about privacy and privacy is people are willing to give it away if there is a benefit to them. Yes. So it could be something as simple as um, maybe on my plot of land, I've given access to that extra enhanced visibility because I get added security features from Google or something like that on my property. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see. So would, you, would, would it be right in saying then, Chris, that essentially what you are is an influencer platform? 
Yeah, an influencer platform is the best way to describe it, I would suggest, in, in, in the sense that from a brand perspective, yeah, we, we capture thousands, tens of thousands, and potentially even millions, and I'll come back to that later, of people, their experiences or their ability to, inverted commas, participate mm. in an event, yeah? And by doing so, what they then become is because they're like Adam and the other, like Chris, we've got loads of friends on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even LinkedIn potentially too, and if I share something because they're my friends and we engage on a regular basis i'm trusted to be honest yeah mm. and i think the value in this is there's a great authentic alignment between the brand and the attendees if you think about attendee sponsorship for brands they've already made the, the, the decision they're going to sponsor an event why because it ticks their demographic buttons uh, the, the the content or the the relevancy to their brand has been associated so if they can actually capture thousands tens of thousands or even millions as I've said, of people at that particular event, send them all a souvenir of that, which is free of charge in any event, uh, optimize for social sharing. They then share it uh, because it's a casual share onto uh, the, the, their various platforms, their favorite platforms. Uh, then you have this engagement piece. So, so yes, yeah, so we're nano influencers, but thousands of them. Uh, and if you combine that together, and it, it actually creates a real constellation or an army of, of many influencers on that nano influencers. Um, and I think with 25,000 social posts a second, any brand, irrespective of their budget, are struggling to rise above the noise. But mm -hmm. if you can turn 25,000 people and 1,000 um, followers on each of the various platforms into an, an army of engagement, if you like, or a, a, an opportunity to engage with that content, then they'll rise above the noise. Yeah, I, I love that, mate, because I was reading a, an article this morning before, before we jumped on this podcast, and it was actually one that was sent to me to publish on a bench news. The headline was the the influencer online influencer is dead. Now, when I looked into that a little bit more, a little bit deeper, what they were suggesting is that over the past sort of five or six years, the the rise of influencer marketing, brands positioning products or paying certain influencers, those with a social following sometimes small sometimes enormous you know we've all heard the mm. kim kardashian kind of fees yeah. for a single person things like that yeah like that has worked but people are getting wise to that people understand that these celebrities or influencers are ultimately being paid for product placement so yeah. it becomes a disconnect in like well does this person actually genuinely have a brand a brand association as in like i believe in ford or i believe in apple or i believe in I don't know, um, the, the latest hand cream or something, or am I just being paid to push it and I'd hope that you buy some and I get paid a nice big fat check. So I think, I think and I, that's certainly the way that I feel. I'm always extremely cautious. However, when my friend tells me about something or I see something on my friend's profile or they've shared something, the trust in that is much, much higher for me personally because I know that they've probably invested their own money. Yeah. And they're giving a good review. Yeah. So I guess that's where you're cutting into the difference, aren't you? You're allowing brands to have that genuine referral and connection both to your both to that audience that's engaging there, but also their their sphere of influence as well. The the, the people that are correct connected with them, their family, their friends, and probably in most cases, very like minded people or very yeah. the same kind of people that like the same kind of stuff. Because yeah. that's how social networks work, right? So yeah. would you agree with that? Are you Is that where your value is? Is that it's more genuine than... Uh, brands obviously got to invest in, in Spellfy for to make that happen, but ultimately any share is a genuine share based on that person wanting to 
be a part of that experience for that brand. And they're not paid, which is really important. So yeah. I think one of the key things with, uh, and, and rightly so, I hasten to add, I actually do agree with Sprout to some degree in terms of mega influencers, because uh, I do think there is a disconnect between the authentic aspect and the brand and and, and the consumer. And the, 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 there's an element of they would say that, wouldn't they? Because they're getting mm. paid to some degree too. But if you're genuinely enhancing the experience for the attendees, um, then they will value that because you're adding an angle. It's almost like having a 600 kilometer long selfie stick and be able to take that picture and actually capture that event and because i'm not getting paid for it i don't have to pl- splash everywhere and this is an, an advertisement because and i think that's had done a, a really good job of making it um honest if you like as well uh, and i think the value play for me uh, is that we we genuinely enhance in, in in tandem with the brand and the event and the sponsor the, the experience thereafter and it adds, adds adds significant value now to give, put some numbers about around that because I think it's important to do so uh, if you talk about an influencer with say 5 million followers okay they'll charge somewhere between 100,000 and $250,000 minimum for a, for a single post yeah um, and that, that, that would equate to roughly 83,000 uh, likes or, or comments that, that is, is, is not as roughly typical according to various uh, sources that we have so that you're looking at somewhere between a pound 20 and three uh, pounds per uh, or three dollars sorry per per engagement if you like mm-hmm. if you did the same with 5,000 people at an event uh, and they're nano influencers now the first thing to me and they've all got a thousand followers that's the same five million audience yep. that seeing this uh, they get over four hundred thousand likes and 11 times more comments wow okay, okay. For, yeah. for roughly 12 pence um uh, and so between 10 and 25 pen, uh, times cheaper uh, than a mega influencer so you start to understand there's actually that i think people are just they, they want value they want a decent roi brands that is they want to engage with the audience that obviously are relevant to themselves um and, and simultaneously they want to be seen as somehow enhancing the experience uh, for for the attendees and that value play i think works better between the brand and the consumer I mean, we talk about ROI a lot. We talk about facts and we talk about numbers generally. We talk about impressions and likes and those kind of metrics and and circle of influence, which is obviously the number of followers. But we never talk about generally, or and I have never heard many people talk about the quality of that metric, right? We always tend to focus on figures, but what is the quality of the engagement? And it just strikes me so much that the quality of the engagements that you're providing a brand far outweigh that of of, of a Kim Kardashian post. And let's be honest about it, the, the, the types of influencer that maybe Kim Kardashian or even smaller influencers are, they're, they're only accessible really to the bigger brands or the brands yeah. that have got the, the, the big budgets, you know, to, to invest a hundred thousand or half a million in a, in a single post is, is no, you know, small decision, is it? No, no. What you're bringing to me is the is is influencer marketing with a much more accessible budget for for smaller maybe even organizers such as me with with a few thousand people at my event or something like that. Yeah, that is much more manageable to work on a twelve fifteen p ratio than a two three pound ratio or more based on based on my audience. 
I, I really like it, mate. Just one thing: will we ever see a six hundred kilometer spelfy stick? Then is that an April Fool's <laughs> going to be? Like, I can just see that, like spelfy, the six hundred kilometer selfie stick. <laughs> I, I need to have even more porridge, to be fair. But after that, <laughs> I'm sure I could, I could manage it if it was, if it was aluminium. But no, it's uh, yeah. Do, do you know? Sometimes you just try and paint pictures, don't you? And just it's visualizing things, isn't it? And then, it's a great one, mate. It's, it's yeah. great. I, I, I could, I could. Maybe there's a world record there for you something like that. maybe not 600 kilometers but maybe spelfy could go for the world record of making the longest selfie stick and that could go along with part of your marketing but i i do i do like it i could just see that email landing in my inbox now saying spelfy the 600 and you'd be like what let's let's have a look at this and you can and then yeah. you get the you get the pitch just to just to continue talking about roi though a little bit more what what kind of information and statistics and and insight is available then to your customers in terms of their activations and, and what that means bottom line for, for that for their brand it's very extensive actually i mean f fundamentally um 18 months ago there was no information out there on non-influencers or micro-influencers it was all about megas if you like yeah. um so the statistics are becoming more and more refined and they're being corroborated amongst various digital platforms as well yeah so so we're looking at 8.3 percent uh, of the audience that that, that, um, uh, that are actually engaging with the, the, with uh, with um, uh, nano influencer type campaigns uh, and influence and mega ones as well, but it's it's all to do with. Um, um, the statistics themselves, uh, there's, there's lies, damn lies in statistics. Let, let's be utterly clear, okay? Yep. Uh, and and t I think every brand subject to its, its, its campaigns, subject to the relatability of that brand to that particular audience, will have yep. different metrics. To be fair. The age groups as well, if, if it's golf, for example, it may be slightly different if it's a, compared to a, uh, the demographic of a music festival, for example. So they do vary, um, uh, but we do have extensive statistics that, that do um, lend themselves um, to um, adding value, significant value. We're not suggesting that we are um, replacing Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Google, um, yeah. but we are offering something a wee bit different from your typical digital uh, event activation scenario. Uh, in that, what we do is we go straight to the consumer who are at the event. And if you think about any of the digital marketing tools, uh, they're algorithm-based or they're, they're, they've got some kind of intelligence, uh, and you put in what you're looking for is 18 to 35 likes mm -hmm. music festivals lives in a particular area but your pot your the the, the the fishing shoal is about 10 million and how do you get that down to 50,000 people yeah mm -hmm. and there's the biggest stadium in the world only holds 114,000 people so that there's there's a huge amount of accuracy because we go straight to that to that point too so i, I think there's the, the improved roi is, is is a number of things it's about the ability to go straight to the audience it's the ability for them when they share it to get five to 11 times better uh, returns than you would get from a mega influencer and because um, it, it's shared on social platforms it's then organic and it can't then be suppressed by algorithms at that point as well so there's a value play i think there's it's almost like an onion there's, there's several layers of this that i think um, brands will find very very interesting there's two things there that i think to me are really really interesting and to expand on them you you mentioned earlier that an, an audience member or a participant would share it to their favorite network yeah and we all know that brands invest heavily on us on scale over the course of a year in facebook in twitter in linkedin and all of these platforms in order to push their brand their message their market yeah. marketing and then facebook specifically well known for having kind of like you know you have 
Chris, so let's look for an audience like Chris. But that data that you've got at that moment in time has to be super accurate. Otherwise, that lookalike audience for Chris is not going to be that accurate Ooh. and you're going to be wasting your marketing budget. So for me, what, what, what you're also providing, or it's very apparent to me, is you're providing a way for a brand to create super niche audiences that they can then use their budget on Facebook to, to, to kind of expand on that and, and yeah. push their message further. Yeah. But also they know where to, where to target you. Because if you've posted for Facebook, that's clearly your preferred social platform. Yeah, yeah. If you post to Twitter, that's your preferred social platform. Yeah, makes sense, yeah. So therefore, I don't have to spend money in three places to focus on Chris. I know that it's probably going to be Facebook where he's going to be seen most of the time. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to take the other two out. I'm going to take the other two marketing dollars out and put that somewhere else, or put yeah. it into Facebook to target Chris better. Yeah. So on a on a I guess on a project management or targeting basis, you're providing a funnel which enables the marketer to be extremely targeted with the rest of their marketing for, for their audiences around that platform. 100%. And these are fantastic platforms. I mean, mm. they really are. I mean, we all use them. Um, I think what we bring to the party, though, is the ability to capture audiences and the data and own yeah. the data. Uh, and I think there's still a wee bit of frustration about the fact you build up an audience on social platforms and it costs you money to do so. Then you have to pay them again to speak to your audience which is just mental in some ways you could argue so we've all fallen into this wonderful honey trap of uh, spend money on this and so they, they use the classic MBA build a marketplace and then mm -hmm. sell to that marketplace mm -hmm. it, it's classic it really is mm -hmm. and there's nowhere nobody can think of anywhere else other than Facebook Twitter Instagram and Google to spend their money which is actually mental in some ways yeah? yeah so I think what we bring to the party is not we're not we're not an alternative we're there to augment the experience a hundred percent but we do offer for something that I think is, I know is to, to be unique. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think it's very it's very interesting you say that because I recently got an invitation via via Facebook to join part of their events program. Obviously, being in the events industry, to promote my events and sell tickets on their platform. So all of a sudden, Facebook's becoming a ticketing platform, which mm. is a really interesting move. But really interesting. I shared this with my network of event organisers and, and peers that I'm connected with. And one other organizer really cleverly pointed out, it was like, yeah, you can have your, you can own your audience for a little bit longer and then they're going <laughs> to take it off. Yeah. So that control over that data or, or having, you know, making sure that you are utilizing these platforms as a way to amplify rather than control your audience, I think it's a really interesting part. 100%. Well, what also what also strikes me at the moment, mate, is that there are lots of these virtual events going off. And in the future, it's very much talked about a hybrid world. So we're, we're talking about, Events like Event Tech Live that take place in London each year, but with an audience from, let's say, 90 plus countries, we're talking everywhere from uh, maybe the v British Virgin Islands all the way over to Australia, all the way to America. Now, for my audience, there's no real way for them to share their involvement, especially right now, even based in the UK, like mm -hmm. physical events can't happen. So those selfies that happen every year that I share on social media at my event, they're not, they're not happening mm. because that physical event doesn't happen. So... I would imagine you, you're you're a very good way of kind of helping an organizer create a collective engagement with their audience, no matter where they are in the world, through through your technology. Do you see a future in in hybrid events for for Spellfy? Hundred percent. I I there's there's almost a. Um unintended benefit of COVID, which I hate to say because it's disastrous and it's affected so many people. It's a pandemic. It's it's 
quite literally terrifying at times because you can't see this thing yet. Mm. Um, but fundamentally, what's come off this is digital, um, digital engagement, if you like, has come on they in 10 years is, is, is the number I've heard, yeah? Um, but for me, imagine a scenario, let's talk about the Super Bowl as an example, yeah? So Super Bowl, 102 million people tuned in this year to watch the Super Bowl, okay? But as I said before, the, there's only two stadiums that have got in excess of 100,000 people capacity. So there's another 101 million, 900,000 people out there that are watching these events remotely and will never ever squeeze into a stadium, yeah? So it's made us think differently as well. So the ability to actually capture the actual event from space um, as the satellite passes over with some visible from space branding, which I can obviously share with the prospective um, um, opportunities and events going forward. But what that means is that you can capture, let's imagine all the players in the center circle and the satellite passes over and then it two o'clock in the morning in Sydney or whatever the case may be, you have the ability to put on your 49ers top and take a selfie and participate and show that you're mm. supporting your team from any point in the world. The value of that to the, the consumer is enormous because they're getting something, a souvenir of their participation. But from the brand and the event perspective, they now have the ability to engage with the 101,900,000 people who simply cannot be at that event. So for me, what that does is amplifies the ability. We've always had hybrid events. We just not call them hybrid events. Yeah. You've always had these people watching or streaming from afar, but how did you engage with them? Because there was always this digital mist. We, 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 we've pierced that. That's amazing. I can I can see that even being used for like, let's just take sport. Like, who in my neighbourhood also supports that team? Who in my city also supports yeah. that team? Who in my country also supports that team? Like, yeah. lots of relationships and friendships and probably even marriages and all kinds of other things are born out of yeah. things like the the yeah. the same interest in a sports team and stuff. So I could see that as being as a brilliant way for all of these fans to engage not only with the sport and their team, but also the community around them that are also like-minded, um, especially if they can't go to the pub or club at the moment to, to sit there and watch it all together. So fa fantastic, fantastic all that. Can I give you one, one more visual just to think about? Ima yeah, imagine imagine um, Liverpool Football Club did that, an open bus to uh, uh, tour because they won the league last year and we could capture the entire city and all participants and give them all the pin to imagine that scenario. Imagine marathons, the ability to capture all the runners in a particular city and the majesty of that particular city. Imagine pride events when there's five and seven million people at a pride parade effectively in a city for five to seven days. Just the visual spectacular of those scenarios, yeah? And I think what we bring is the ability to space to place but and also bring the face into that too. So it's not quite space to face, but you're bringing people together and you're capturing that as well. So sorry for going off a slight tangent there, but you get the gist of the, 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 the it's limitless. There's no tangents on a podcast, mate. It's a, it's a natural conversation. It's where the mind bleeds. And I think that's what's really good about conversations like this is it allows us to discuss a topic a little bit more deeper yeah. and a little bit more agile than trying to you know put it in an article. I've got one final question for you, Chris. Okay, sir. What does the future of micro-influencing platforms like Spellfare look like? How do you perceive brands be using them? How do you see the, the audience engagement changing? I know I'm asking you a bit of a crystal ball kind of uh, blue sky thinking here, but 
Can you? How does the future look from your perspective? We spoke about technology becoming uh, clearer and, and and more engaging. I, I also, um, I mean, once we get once the, the, this becomes widely used, because it will be experiential, and you can. I mean, if you go to um, a sporting event, you go to a music festival, you go on a cruise ship, uh, you, you can imagine different things how you could use this in different places for brand launches. I mean, movie launches. So let's imagine massive logo in an airfield and all all the fans in there and be able to hold something up that has a message that says. We love James Bond, whatever the case may be, and and obviously the uh, Daniel Craig in the centre of that, and we can identify Daniel. Craig. I mean, you can imagine all the things you can do, yeah. So, so, so once we get by that initial creativity, I, I think there's an ability for uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. You imagine a music festival, we'll be able to put your goggles on and identify yourself in the crowd and relive that again. And um, imagine the ability—you can't, but imagine the ability to go back to Live Aid thirty odd years ago and have a pin above your head to see I was there. This is not just about today, this is about the future and being able to share with your children, your grandchildren, that once upon a time, I actually was super cool, yeah? I was at that event, if you like, as well. So, but I think there's a thing in the of thin air advertising as well. I mean, if you can dive in with your goggles on and the, the Budweiser beer tent has a, a revolving um, um, scenario that you can click on and actually allow you to then, uh, um, I don't know, relive some experience that you had there, some physical activation that you had there maybe, uh, and also the ability to buy six beers and get six free or or whatever the case may be so i think i think thin, thin air advertising is a big element of where i think we will end up going um but i, th I think for me just the, just the ability to capture experiences in a different way is probably enough for many people in the short term and we could add in skins at some point you can add in music at some point there's a, a number of things we can do there's it's almost uh, limitless all right then, mate. So I'm I'm absolutely positive that there's agencies, brands, organisers, people that organise marathons, run clubs, all these kind of things that we've just we've just mentioned. Probably want to be interested in in kind of learning a little bit more, maybe seeing some examples, testing out things, and, and yep. talking about their activations. Where's the best place for people to connect up with you and check Spelfy out in more detail? You can, I, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, um, I'm very easy to find LinkedIn. Uh, I, I've, you can send me an email at chrisnewlands at spellfree.com, info at spellfree.com, um, uh, contact at spellfree.com. There's a, a myriad of ways uh, going forward. Um, I, I, as I say, we're, we're delighted to get off you some, some examples. Uh, there is an element of science involved. It is genuinely space. Uh, so it is really quite interesting, but it does have some limitations. Clouds is a great example of limitations, obviously, because you can't see through clouds. Uh, but multi-day events, we send uh, the, all attendees on the Monday the best shot of the weekend. So uh, everybody's happy in that sense as well. That's awesome, mate. I, I'm so thankful that you've come on today's podcast. I find this stuff fascinating and how technology is being used to kind of change the way that we deliver events, but also provide value to organizers and sponsors and brands and that kind of stuff i think i think this no, i'm going to say the space that you're in is fascinating <laughs> no pun intended there i promise yeah um i'd love to see maybe a spell a, a spellfy or a selfie from mars maybe you can get in touch with elon musk <laughs> and get the first mars trip maybe we can do that um i know off the record you've got some amazing um, campaigns coming up which mm. you can't talk about right now right. and we anybody listening or watching today's podcast as those um uh I suppose experiences come through we'll publish about that and eventually so people will be able to get a flavor at the level 
of people in an organization that you're involved with already. Um, Chris, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm sure we'll get you back on at some point over the future talking about how these campaigns have played out and giving them some, some further examples uh, and the shifts in micro-influencing and how the events industry is, is working on that. Thank you very much for coming on today and I'm, I'm sure we'll get you back on again. Adam, thanks for having us. I do appreciate it genuinely. It's a great platform and Event Tech Live is, 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 has been great for us too. So thank you so much, sir. Appreciate that. Cheers.